Hey, what's up, y'all? It's the Hoop Bible Sean Sean Podcast. I'm your host, Sean C. Taylor. And I'm your host, Sean B. Taylor, coming to you with episode seven of season two. It's a first quarter league. Now, right. <laughs> we're taking that title from famed former player and coach of the Michael Jordan Chicago Bulls and one time excellent commentator, analyst, Mr. Doug Collins, right. who always said it's a first quarter league. Meaning that the team that's winning at the end of the first quarter usually ends up going to win the game, right? So he had a little bit of a different approach than most people would say it's a fourth quarter league, right? Right. So we are just a a little bit past the first quarter of this 72-game season, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And, I mean, it's been a wild season with COVID, the Mm -hmm. ongoing racial reckoning, yeah. Teams are just beating each other by 30, <laughs> yeah. losing by 30. One night you win by two, the other night you lose by 50. Like, it's crazy, right? Yeah. What do, What have you seen so far in this first quarter of the league, these first 18 to 20 games or so? Uh, I've seen some, some wild stuff. I've seen calls made that I've never seen before from, right. from the refs. Okay. Like I've, foul calls? Yeah, <laughs> I've first time in my life I've witnessed – an NBA team get blown out by 50 live. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to the, the Clippers, or maybe not. Shout out to the Mavs for beating the Clippers by 50. Yeah. Right? I, I don't know. I know you enjoyed that mm-hmm. as a Lakers yeah. fan. <laughs> yeah. And just, like I said, I've I seen an all-star or a superstar really get traded midseason. Haven't really seen that. Well, right. James Harden. Yeah, James Harden. Good point. Yeah, and, you know, some other talks about some players getting traded and, you know, talk. Actually, I'm not going to get into that okay. next part, but, you know, see some wild stuff. Okay, great. Yeah, I mean, and we'll get into the Harden trade um, a little bit later in the show. Uh, yeah, I agree with all your points. Like, mm-hmm. those are some things I haven't really, really seen, especially the 50-point blowout because Dallas was beating uh, the Clippers by 50 in the first half. Yeah. And it's like, that's, I mean, you're really getting smacked. In that situation, if you're the Clippers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing that I I didn't anticipate, I should say, is the Utah Jazz having the best record in the league. I'm not sure how many people saw that coming. Did you see that coming at all? Uh, no, not this season. I saw maybe last season. Maybe they sneak in there, you know, some at some point in the season. Because I said last season that the Utah Jazz was gonna be good, but right, you know, probably not now. So right, right, yeah. I mean, and everything that happened with Rudy Gobert mm-hmm. touching all the mics last year and yeah. being blamed fairly or not for shutting down the league mm-hmm. uh, due to COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were a lot of reports about him and Donovan Mitchell's relationship not being salvageable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell didn't really mesh as well last year, and there were some injuries that that kind of broke up their rhythm. Yeah, I, I didn't see that coming at all. I definitely thought. The Lakers or maybe the Bucks or the Celtics, like coming into the league, would have the best record at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and all those teams are up there, but Utah uh, is at eighteen and five, or is it sixteen and five? Eighteen and five, mm-hmm. best record in the league. Uh, obviously, number one in the West, one game over the Lakers, who are in second place. Yeah. So, what do you think is really contributing to Utah having that best record? And do you think that they can sustain this for the next three quarters of the league? Well, I mean, I'm sorry, of the season. Well, you know, I think that Utah always has a point in the season. I feel like it usually comes midseason, but maybe it's coming a little early where they just win a bunch of games and, you know, go on a crazy, you know, like 12-game win streak. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just it seems like, you know, they're not losing. And, you know, I, I just seen it right here. And I remember them losing not long ago, but they're on a three-game win streak. Again, mm-hmm. so already on another win streak. So I think, you know, maybe I know Bogdanovich, he's been playing a lot better. And, you know, he I think he's really, you know, just like, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm not sure if the system is, is you know, kind of working for him. A okay. Lot. But, you know, I saw he had like, what, like 30 last night. Mm-hmm. He's and, a good player. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, they won their game. So, I mean, I think that he's contributing. Mitchell, obviously, he ended off. You know, his bubble season, you know, well. And I think that it's kind of carrying over into this season. Right. I think Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell are starting to mesh a little bit more. Right. And, you know, I think it's all... Oh, Jordan Clarkson. 
He's playing, playing well. Yeah, he's playing well. Some of the role players like George Niang are, you know, starting, you know, getting a little bit more minutes and showing that, you know, they're good and they can play. Right. So, yeah, I think they're all just really coming together. Yeah, I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense. One thing about Utah that I've always said about them, even from me being being young and them playing against, you know, Jordan and, and Pippen and the Bulls and stuff back in the mid-'90s mm-hmm. when they had uh, stopped them alone, of course – they don't really ever play bad basketball. Yeah. And they don't or at least they don't go through long stretches where they're playing bad basketball. Mm-hmm. They're they're fairly consistent, right? right? And so they they typically if you watch them, they make the right basketball play. Yeah. Right? They may take a bad shot here or there, but if a guy's open, they're going to hit him. Mm-hmm. If there's a rotation to be made on defense, they're going to make it. If there's a box out that needs to be made, the guys typically make it, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's kind of to your point about Things coming together for them. I think that that's what's happening right now. Yeah. And in a, a totally inconsistent season where a lot of folks have to sit out due to COVID-19 protocols mm-hmm. or various injuries um, and just inconsistency in the world at large. Yeah. Consistency, I think, is kind of winning them a lot of games right now. Yeah. Even though I've been extremely critical of Rudy Gobert, <laughs> the $200 million man who we've seen in the past week. I think we watched him play in two or three games. He missed a layup, at least one layup in each of those games. Yeah. I'm just like, I, I don't understand how you keep missing layups, and that should be dunks. But yeah, that's I'm, a whole nother, another episode, right? Yeah, I mean, you think about it. He could probably, standing, touch the rim. Right. So it's just like, you know, when you jump, it's like your arm should, you know, casually be at, like, the top of the box. Right, yeah. So it's like... I don't really know what what else to say. Yeah. I mean, like, he could literally, like, hold his arm above the rim and just drop it in. Right. But he just doesn't do that. I don't... Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what we always say, too, that dunks are typically the the result of good footwork. Yeah. Right? And so, like I said, that could be a whole episode about footwork or lack thereof. Yeah. Or, like, some maybe not even an episode, something different where we just break down stuff. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. And we've posted a couple of those videos on Facebook that have gotten some... Some funny comments and a lot of likes. So, um, yeah, that footwork and dunks, they go hand in hand. Yeah. And so, like we said, Utah is number one in the West. The Lakers are number two. Mm-hmm. LeBron is playing at an MVP level, right? Mm-hmm. Anthony Davis, not so much. Yeah. But the Lakers, by all accounts, most analysts you hear talk or people who comment about NBA basketball mm-hmm. and I think us included, have said the Lakers look like they're a, a step above everyone else. Mm-hmm. They can, when they go to level 10, it's like clear who the best team in the league is. Yeah. But they don't have the best record. Do you think that they're going to continue to kind of, I don't want to say coast, but like they're perfect on the road, but they've lost a couple of chippies at home, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think that they will tighten that up and kind of like, Say, okay, we're going to establish that number one seed by the end of the season, or do you think they'll just kind of coast along and then turn up in the playoffs? Well, I mean, you know, it kind of de- depends the the seeding and, you know, what position they want to put themselves in. Like, because if, st- if they stay in the second seed, they won't be meeting a team that can possibly take them out, which only team I can really think that is in the playoff scene right now in the West I think could maybe take them out is um the Clippers. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, if they want to stay in that second seed, then they're just going to, you know, kind of like just let it play out. Right. They're and not they, really tripping off of it. Yeah. But if if they want the first seed, which I personally feel like LeBron's like, we're we're getting that first seed. Yeah. I, Then I think that they're going to eventually turn up at some point in the season. They're just... Kind of trying to get into a flow. Right. It's kind of a new team. Gasol, Montrezl Harrell, right. Town Horn Tucker getting more minutes. Schroeder. Right. You know, you got some new guys coming in. So. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and like I said, LeBron is playing at an MVP level. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that, like, if the season ended today, I'm picking him for, for my MVP. Yeah, like, clearly. Yeah, I mean, he's just, he's really playing lights out basketball. Mm-hmm. But like I said, Anthony Davis is not. What do you attribute that to? What do you mean by a tribute? Like what what do you why do you think what do you think the main reason or the main reasons are behind him not playing great so far? Well, if I'm gonna be 
pretty honest. I think that, you know, Anthony Davis is going to come back all the way prepared. Okay. And I don't think that, I think that this, you know, he's not really, he, I don't know if he was completely ready for the restart that quick. Right, right. Especially because, you know, you look, Anthony Davis, the greatest season ago at, you know, staying non-injury prone. You got to think, like, before that, he was, Anthony Davis was injury prone. Like, you, it'd be kind of hard to see a Pelicans game and Anthony Davis was playing. That's a great point. So, he he's, was almost used to missing games. Yeah, and, you know, now I think that that might be, like, kind of contributing to that and, like, starting to come back a little bit. Right. You know, he's just kind of used to missing games and, you know, it's kind of like just maybe taking a toll right. on his body and maybe, you know, he just doesn't have as much energy as he did last season because the, you know, the quick comeback. Right. And I also think that he's just kind of like, He's kind of like chilling. I feel like AD, you know, mm-hmm. when it matters, he'll play hard. But I feel like sometimes he's just like, yeah, I'm just going to like, you know, like you see him laughing a right. lot. And, you know, like he he lost the jump ball to, um, I forget who it was. It was it was Jokic, you know. Anthony Davis is clearly more athletic than Jokic. Right. So I think he just like kind of mistimed it. And right. then, like, you know, started laughing, walking back, you know, just picked up his man. So I think that he's just kind of like, he's just kind of like, oh, whatever. But, you know, I think that. He's kind of starting to get back to there, mm-hmm. like I think where he was last season, mm-hmm. and you know I think he's playing better at every every game, like as every game goes by, he's starting to play better and better and better. Right. So I think that eventually he'll get back, just in time for the playoffs comes. And, you know, AD. You know, AD will be AD. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you hit on an interesting point, and I was just saying that. Maybe he's got a little bubble hangover, mm-hmm. right? But when you break it down like that, as far as him not really playing all the games in the season, mm-hmm. not being used to that, and then, like, that's how he was in New Orleans. You switch to L.A., plays a bunch of games last season. Mm-hmm. Quick turnaround, like you said, only 71 days between them winning the title and starting up the, the next season. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, we're just we're playing, 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 playing. I think you might be on to something. I definitely, I, I like how the Lakers look when they're all the way locked in. I don't think anyone can beat them. Mm-hmm. I think Philly might might have a shot, and we we can talk about that later. The mm-hmm. uh, outside shot, really outside shot, um, because of the way Embiid's playing. But I think the Lakers are the clear favorite. Yeah. At the same time, Anthony Davis is going to have to lock in sooner or later, yeah. you know? But what you say with Embiid, Embiid is also a person who we can't, you know, I'm not throwing any shade to Embiid at all, but you know people have you know question his his health and you know how in shape he is. Right. So I feel like in the long run, is he going to be able to like keep that up or you know yeah. keep the way he's playing up? I'm not really sure, and I need I will need to see it to believe it. Right. Really. So. Yeah, I mean, you you raise a great point about his conditioning. Mm-hmm. I just think that he's 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 locked in right now. And mm-hmm. he's playing great. I mean, he he's really punishing people. Yeah. Double double is going crazy, right? I think he had like twenty some points in one quarter the other night. Mm-hmm. And so he he poses a matchup problem for anybody in the league mm-hmm. if he's in shape and if he's locked in. So that's why I said the outside chance. Yeah. So that's over on the western side. I mean, you got the Clippers in third, Nuggets in fourth, mm-hmm. Phoenix kinda slid in there unexpectedly, right? Yeah. Uh at fifth. Portland at six, Golden State at seven, San Antonio at eight, and then Dallas is oh, all the way down at fourteen. I didn't even notice. Right, so yeah. I'm guessing that's the biggest surprise for you on the Western Conference side. Yeah, Dallas being down so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they um they got to get get together, man. Like Porzingis. He's a really good player. You know, he's coming back from injury. Mm-hmm. But he's got to get more paint touches. And I know mm-hmm. Rick Carlisle said last year there's no point in him posting up. I just disagree with that. Because yeah. having someone with his height and wingspan and athleticism just shoot threes off the pick and pop, I think you just don't, he's not imposing his will on the game. Yeah, and also, like you say a lot about um, Porzingis, is that his legs just got to get stronger. Right. And maybe that's why Rick Carlisle saying that. Because he's not confident that, you know, if he gets in the post, he will really be able to dominate. Right. Because of how strong his legs are. It's just like, you 
you just got to do it. Like, you got to get your legs stronger. Right. And, you know, you'll be able to work in the post. Right. Because if you got Porzingis working in the paint, you know, that's, that's tough to stop. It is. Especially because Luca, I feel like he, as much as they have success in the pick and pop situation, them mm-hmm. two, I feel like the pick and roll, I mean, it's just, it, it'll be so efficient because it's right at the rim. Yeah. And you can attack the defense if you need to, and then you can stress the floor out. Yeah, that's a great point. So That's a great point. And I don't even necessarily want him picking and rolling so much. Like, you just pointed out, just throw it to him in the post. Yeah. But he's got to go down there, right? Yeah. And I'm surprised that the Mavericks haven't done more to incorporate Dirt and the Whiskey or to pair up Dirt and the Whiskey with Kristaps Porzingis. Because mm-hmm. Dirk wasn't the biggest guy. Mm-hmm. But his post work was phenomenal because he yeah. would go down there, he would bang. He had that one leg fade away. Mm-hmm. Um, he hit you with the up and under. Like his his bag was full in the post. Yeah. So yeah, I think that that would kind of like guys will go work with Hakeem mm-hmm. or used to go work with Hakeem, mm-hmm. um, Dwight Howard and Kobe and LeBron and these guys. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see Chris Stapps get with Dirk and kind of you know fill up his bag because yeah, being at fourteen, I don't think anybody saw that coming. Yeah, yeah, definitely not. So, so switching over to the east side, mm-hmm. Philly, who I mentioned before, is at the top of the east, mm-hmm. sixteen and seven, right? Yeah, they got a big win over the Lakers. I think it was a week or two ago, mm-hmm. um, and they've been playing some some good basketball. They're seven and three in their last ten, right? Mm-hmm. What do you think about them? What I know, you just said Embiid's got to be in better shape in order to beat the Lakers, but do you think that they have a legitimate shot to come out of the east? Oh, so you mean going to the finals? Yeah. You know, I think that it's just like, I'm not sure how confident I can be in Philly to actually come out the East because it's like, you got players like Ben Simmons who, you know, Ben Simmons, he's he's all right. He gets, you know, what is it, like around like 17 and 8, something yeah. around that. Yeah. So it's like, he gets that in the regular season, but then there was... I think it it was either his rookie season or his second season where he's just like zero points, two points. Do you, do you remember that? Against, right. I think it was Boston. Right. And, you know, they were down 3-0 as well. Yeah. So it's like, is Ben Simmons going to be able to step up? Especially because he doesn't strike me to be the type of person to have, you know, really go at someone. Right. And have that dog in him. And, have that dog in him. and plus it's like, I'm not, I'm not trying to throw any shade, but Ben Simmons, him being a point guard who can't shoot. Right. That's going to hurt. Yeah. That that that's automatically going to hurt. And it's not like anything where it's like he's just making crazy plays and, you know, like the most beautiful passes and has the great footwork. No, it's not like that at all cuz if it was like that then, you know, they would no doubt be number 1 and I wouldn't really have anything bad or negative to say about them. But right. I think that, you know, Ben like players like Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid like making it to the, to the finals just seems like a bit of a stretch yeah. to me. So yeah, and I and I kind of feel you on that. It's kind of like you said earlier. Mm-hmm. They have to show it. Yeah, they have talent, and I love what Doc Rivers has brought to that team mm-hmm. as far as raising the standards and expectations. No disrespect to Brett Brown, mm-hmm. but I think they just that group of guys needed a, a different voice. Yeah. And it's paying off with obviously them having the number one seed in the East. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love Seth Curry. Tobias Harris is playing well this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, even though Ben Simmons, I've been very critical of him and he can't shoot, he's finding ways to impact the game. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, I, I mean, they they look good. The past few games we watched them, even though they lost last night, mm-hmm. um, but the previous games we watched, they look good. Mm-hmm. But to your point, they need to actually show it. Mm-hmm. The reason why I do think they can come out of the East mm-hmm. is because, again, the East is just not great <laughs> this yeah. year, right? Yeah. So you've got Philly at 16 and 7, and then Milwaukee at number 2 at 14 and 8, mm-hmm. and then the Brooklyn Nets at 14 and 10. Like, yeah. that's that's just not a great, those aren't great records, right? No. At 4, you got Boston at 12 and 9, 5, Indiana at 12 and 11. So there's only five teams that have over a 500 record. Right, right. Atlanta ten and twelve is in the uh, ten and twelve is in the sixth spot. Mm-hmm. Toronto also ten and twelve, seventh spot. The New York Knicks ten and thirteen, and yeah. the Cleveland Cavs 
10 and 13 are in the 8 and 9 spots, mm-hmm. respectively. And the Charlotte Hornets, I'm sorry, also 10 and 13, right? Mm-hmm. And so the teams just aren't very strong. Mm-hmm. And despite Brooklyn having this newly formed big three, mm-hmm. they have some major gaps that we'll get into in a second. Yeah. So I think that Philly's got a shot to do it. I think we both picked Boston at the beginning of the season to come out. Yeah. Um, but they where they're weak, which is in the middle, obviously Philly is very strong. And that mm-hmm. can pose a real problem for them. Yeah, yeah, it can pose a really big problem because it's just... Like like you said yesterday, I think it was like point guards are overrated. Right. <laughs> yeah. As a point guard myself, in the NBA, I feel like small point guards are overrated. And I love Chris Paul. I love Kimball Walker. But I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. And that the big, you would trade someone like Kimball Walker for a big because you feel like the big really just pieces the team together. Right. I, I really agree with you on that because it's like players like, Anthony Davis, like, like say if Anthony Davis is playing really good, like the Lakers are number one seed, no doubt. Right. And B, you see where he's put um Philly right now, right, atop the the East in almost the whole entire league. Yeah. And players like mm, I can't really think of anyone else mm-hmm. right now. Um. Oh, Jared Allen when he was on the Nets. Right. He really he really helped piece together their defense, and right. now you see where they are. Yeah, that's a good point. So that's a good point. So, just, like, really, like, when you think about it, it's, like, when the bigs, like, are not really there to protect the paint and really piece the team together, like my dad said, it just, like, it kind of, like, the team has, like, a weird flow to it. Yeah. And then they end up in this weird position, and, like, you think they're going to be this good, but then they're actually somewhere at, like, number four or five. Right. And maybe have a losing record as well. Yeah. I mean, those are great points. Mm -hmm. Golden State... When they were winning championships a few years ago, really revolutionized, in my opinion, or maximized the positionless basketball mm-hmm. wave, right? But that's because they have two of the greatest shooters of all time. Yeah. And then when you added Kevin Durant, then it was three of the greatest shooters of all time. Yeah. And one of the best pure scorers of all time, who also, hap- also happens to be seven feet tall and can play inside and out. Mm-hmm. So they were just a uniquely constructed team that I don't think can really be emulated. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're, you make a great point as far as the, the center really bringing the team together. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I'm skeptical of Boston, because I like Tatum a lot. I like Jalen Brown a lot. He's really emerged this year as a as a perennial superstar, mm-hmm. right? He's just, he's very good on both sides of the ball, right? right? I like Kimba. I like Marcus Smart, but just in that middle. And I like Tice, but mm-hmm. he's just, he's a backup power forward to me. He's not a starting center. Yeah, right? yeah. And it's kind of weird with Tice because he, he can maybe hit like a little mid-range jumper and a little bit of a three ball. It's just like, he's just really just like crash, attack, attack, attack. But I feel like in a way you can kind of use that as like a Kevin Love, like, not really the same shooting at all. Right. But, you know, just let him stretch out the floor. And Tice can get a wide open three. I've seen him knock out a couple open shots. And then, you know, when it's time to crash and get the rebound, you know, he just gets in there and, you know, snags a couple offensive rebounds, maybe like four a game or like, you know, say DeAndre Jordan's in the paint, about to get the offensive rebound. He just, you know, uses that athleticism, you know, gets it over him. So Right. Yeah. But on the other side though is where I'm more concerned. Mm-hmm. Is because Tice is only about six eight. He's small. Right. He can't guard Embiid one on one. He no. can't guard Anthony Davis one on one. He can't guard even a, a Giannis one on one. I don't think. You know, if they decide to play bully ball in the post. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying. They're I mean, they're a solid team. I'm just like that that middle is wide open, mm-hmm. and that's just not not going to bode well for them in the playoffs. Yeah. And so, speaking of the middle, mm-hmm. we talked about Brooklyn making a trade for James Harden, right? Blockbuster deal, mm-hmm. which we went through maybe like one or two, I think two episodes ago, we spoke about it, right? Mm. Now, obviously pairing him with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving is just monumental, but yeah. they had to trade away a good portion of their team. And like you said, Jared yeah. Allen, right, mm-hmm. who really was their rim protector. And, and is a good athlete even on the pick and roll on offense, right? Mm-hmm. No longer there. And you see Brooklyn has been – it hasn't been quite as rosy as everyone thought, right? Mm-hmm. And you go to the other side, 
right? Houston, mm-hmm. which was the other side of the James Harden trade. Yeah. I mean, I know Cleveland was thrown in there too, but they, those were the two main players, and they're flourishing. Yeah. They're flourishing. I, right now, they're out of the playoffs. I think they're like in the ninth or tenth spot, but they're like seven and three, eight and three in their last 10, 11 games, mm-hmm. right? And they're hooping. Steven Silas has been nominated for Western Conference Coach of the Month. Oof. They beat Oklahoma City last Monday, 136 to 106. Dang, by 30? By 30, they had 48 points in the first quarter, right? 11 three-pointers in one quarter, which is an all-time record for the NBA, Mm. and 28 three-pointers as a team, which is a franchise record. And Steven Silas is on record as saying, I think you see the team... Well, quote, I think you see the team coming together as far as our unselfish play, end quote. So, who got the better end of this Brooklyn-Houston deal? I'm going to say right now, it's obviously got to be Houston. (laughs) Okay. Because everyone expected Houston to be a lot worse, you know, probably instead of being, I think, what is it, 7-4 ever since they traded? Right. Maybe that that record flips in like 4-7, something like that. And then Brooklyn over, and then Brooklyn probably like ten and one or something like that. Right. And the fact that they have the same record, yeah, is just like that. That's like eye opening. That's definitely right. something people are gonna point out. Like like we are right now. I think you definitely got to say that with Steven Silas being the coach of the month in the Western Conference, and you got all these other great coaches in the Western Conference as well. I think you know him being able to say that he's coach of the month. Right now, I just like, like that. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a whole lot. Yeah, yeah I, I totally agree. What jumps out for me more so is that you got Steven Silas making a quote. Maybe that's a little shot at James Harden, right? Yeah. But he's, it sounds like he's talking more freely and he's more just happy with his job, right? Mm-hmm. Guys like DeMarcus Cousins, John Wall talking about, even Eric Gordon talking about how they're Guys are dialed in, they're being professionals, mm-hmm. and they're enjoying playing together, right? They're playing for one another, and they're being unselfish. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, maybe shots at James Harden, but it just sounds like they're just being their authentic selves, right? Mm-hmm. But defensively, they're locked in, mm-hmm. which I kind of thought it would improve losing James Harden because he's just not a great defender, right? right. But offensively, the fact that they can hit so many threes... And James, the the Houston Rockets built around James Harden was predicated on raining threes, right? Mm-hmm. James Harden, Mike D'Antoni, Daryl Morey are all gone. Mm-hmm. But they're still able to hit threes. Yeah. So it's like if you put good players in good positions, mm-hmm. they can make shots and they can just make plays, right? Right. And I'm with you. I think that Houston has definitely won this trade right now and, and probably for the long run in my opinion mm-hmm. unless Brooklyn makes another trade to shore up that middle because mm-hmm. they legitimately like we watched them a couple times last week they legitimately enjoy playing with each other or at least they seem like it yeah and adding all the depot was huge and I don't think you can like you can't really discount having joy in your workplace mm-hmm. and like being able to to create synergy by playing with people that you enjoy playing with and there's no prima donna stuff there's no extra stuff you're mm-hmm. allowed to just be professional and just hone your craft yeah i think that houston kind of reminds me of the okc team from last year oh that's a good comparison where they traded i think houston actually it was again houston traded chris paul to the thunder and everyone right including myself, thought that OKC was just going to be, like, really bad and probably was going to eventually end up trading Chris Paul right before, right before um, the offseason ended. And they ended up keeping him. Right. And they, how many points? I think it were one point off, or maybe it was two points off from beating right. the Houston Rockets right, right. in seven games in the first round. So, I mean, just... Just to see this, to see this now, you know, now it's kind of working out for Houston. Right. Just like, it's, it's kind of wild how stuff happens. Yeah, it really is. And that's a great comparison mm-hmm. with uh, last year's Oklahoma City team. I actually don't mind watching Houston play this year. No. Nah. Right? I don't like, I know DeMarcus Cousins got a bad rap. I like DeMarcus Cousins. Yeah. John Wall has gotten into some things more so off the court. And, you know, combined with his injury that put him out for a couple years. Mm -hmm. So he was kind of like a forgotten man. But he seems to 
as much as it pains me to say it a little bit because, you know, I wish it was like this in Washington, <clears throat> but he seems to have matured a lot. Yeah. You listen to his post-game press conferences, he'll acknowledge, like, yeah, I got into some stuff off the court, some dumb stuff, but that's in the past. Yeah. Now I'm just focused on being a professional. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's still very, very fast, and he's shooting the ball really, really well. So he's got his legs up under him. We talked about that, you know, getting back healthy and everything. Um, and I like Victor Oladipo, too. I'm not a huge fan, even though he's a DMV guy. I can't say I'm like, all oh, all oh, Oladipo. Yeah. But I do like his game. He's solid. Yeah. So I think that forms a nice little core. Um, and I like to see what Steven Silas is doing as a, as a young first-year head coach. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, do you think Brooklyn will make a trade? to try to shore that middle up because we've watched them multiple times on primetime, right? Sat mm-hmm. down, broke out the popcorn, ice cream, all that, right? Mm-hmm. And they can score, but they can't guard anybody. You know, I think that Steve Nash has got to think, you know, obviously it's not up to him. But, like, if he were to talk to the GM or something like that, he'd be like, listen, we we just need a big. We need, right. we need someone that can piece our defense together because we are just, we can't, like, our, you know how the Wizards, we, you watch oh, the Wizards. See, here we go, <laughs> and, shots fired and, and all the time, And Bio said they couldn't um, guard a parking lot full of, of like, parked cars. Right, right. Th- that That's Brooklyn. Right. That's Brooklyn. <laughs> right. And um, they gave Westbrook, they let Westbrook give them 41 and nearly a triple-double. Right, Brooklyn did. Right, okay. Yeah, and they lost as well. Right. So it's like, you know, Westbrook hasn't been playing good, and he's, but, you know, he said he felt like he got his legs back. But, like, then for you to let him drop 41, yeah, really from anybody is just, you yeah. know, just not good. Right. I mean, they gave all. up a 40-point game to Bam. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, you're right. They're giving up 40-point games left and right. I think that they have to make the trade. We saw last night, unfortunately, Kevin Durant went out yeah. because of contact tracing with COVID. So mm-hmm. he was ruled like out at first, but then mm-hmm. he was allowed to play. Then in the third quarter, they pulled him back out. Mm-hmm. And so he may miss multiple games. And they just did not look good. And I know that's a yeah. weird circumstance to play under. But, yeah, they just – Kyrie probably took too many shots. James Harden didn't take enough shots. You know? Well, in that fourth quarter, Kyrie took – what was it? I think like one shot. Right. Yeah, and, that and, was weird. And like the last couple of seconds as two. Right. Or not. I said as two. <laughs> right. I said as well. That's right. Right. So, it's okay. So so it's just like, like it's so weird. Like it's so that's really weird because James Harden's four for eight from the field. Right. You you never see Harden shoot under ten shots. Right. And he just all of a sudden decides, I'm going to shoot eight shots. Yeah. I don't know if this is karma and, you know, kind of letting himself <laughs> get out of shape. Right. And, you know, just, like, kind of whining about the, you know, he wants to get traded and everything. Right, right. But, I mean, just, like, like I, I don't know even how to describe it. I've never seen a team like Brooklyn. Yeah. Just literally have all these very good, like, all these good collection of players I said all these good collection of players. I feel like I'm saying the wrong thing. What's up with your vocabulary right now? Man? I'm, I'm not sure. All all these really good players on one team, and they just, like, really can't get it together. Right. Well, and, and to that point, though, because we have a 24-7 sports world, right? Mm-hmm. And because they've traded away all their picks, for the most part, and half their team, mm-hmm. it's like, win now, win now. You got to win now. Yeah. Right? And so when LeBron and Wade and Bosch formed their big three, mm-hmm. it took, it did take them some time to get it together. Yeah. Right? Um, but it was like, you know, things were more normal. <laughs> so yeah. we, we weren't as hyper-focused on sports as we are right now. Mm-hmm. And it was a longer season by 10 games. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, that big three was probably just better. Yeah. Right? No disrespect to anybody on Brooklyn, but it's like, Braun in his prime, mm-hmm. Wade in his prime, Bosch in his prime. That's vicious right there. Yeah. You know? And so they, and and lastly, they were already in a winning culture. Like Miami had won a championship only a few years previously mm-hmm. and knew how to play defense and knew how to win, right? Mm-hmm. Brooklyn is like first year head coach. Everything is just constructed from scratch. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see if they can get it 
turned around by the end of the season. And again, I think they will have to make a trade, at least one trade, to get someone to plug up that middle. Yeah, well, two things I need to say about that mm-hmm. is that it's just Miami, what I remember hearing D-Wade say, you know, we were thinking about maybe getting Derrick Rose right. at first. But then they came to the realization that, you know, we need a big. Right, right. Yeah, because we don't have a big, like, you know, that that piece is just missing. Yeah. And, you know, it doesn't piece the team together, like I keep saying. Right. So, you know, they went ahead and got Bosch. Like, I, th- I feel like just Brooklyn really just, like, because they have Kyrie and KD, and they're just like, you know, we move to the beat of our own drum. Right, like right. You say, and, you know, we'll, we get whoever we want. And, right. you know, they went ahead and got Harden. Which I feel like, really, you just really, really gotta think that through before right. you make that trade. Especially because I don't believe in trading that many. I don't personally, I don't believe in trading that many players away for right. someone like a James Harden. Like unless you have like a top three player of all time, right, uh, on the line, then I don't believe in that at all. You should never really do that. Right, trade that many players away, and especially because they've been there for a while now. And y'all are just getting here. Yeah. So I I. I really feel like Brooklyn just really just like making that trade in the first place just really is not was not the right move at all. Wow. Wow. So, I'm yeah. sure uh Steven Nash would hate to hear you say that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and especially like you know like you and me were saying if we were Brooklyn like if I was Brooklyn I would be like, "Man, I don't want her no more." Yeah. Cuz yeah. you see the way he's playing, you see his attitude, you see his motivation level is all at an all-time blow. Right. So You're talking about when he was with Houston and wanted to be traded. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't invite that type of energy into my organization. Mm-hmm. I, I I personally wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but, hey, the die is cast now, so Shit. he's got to play ball. And, again, like I said, they're, they're going to win games because they're just – they can score at a high, high clip. Mm-hmm. And it takes time for, team, for teammates to get acclimated. Mm-hmm. And they made a huge trade in the beginning, in the middle of the year. Mm-hmm. And this is KD and Kyrie's first time playing together. KD's coming off an injury. Mm-hmm. So they'll get better, but I just think that they got to do something about that middle or they're going to continue to get punished. Yeah, and, and plus, I thought their offense would be a lot better. Yeah, and I mean, I guess that's what I'm kind of speaking to when I say it's going to take time. Mm-hmm. It's going to really take time. And not just from a skill standpoint, but like you and I spoke about last night, Kyrie has a very strong personality. Yeah. Whereas KD's more laid back. Yeah. So you see games where Kyrie's taking way more shots than, or at least a few more shots than Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. And you're like, Kevin Durant should always take the most shots, but he's never going to be the one that's that vocal about that. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have to be able to strike some type of balance. Whereas I think Harden's actually done a good job of settling into his role as a point guard. Because mm-hmm. that's what I think he's best at. He he His passing is phenomenal. Yeah. Right? I- one one more thing, I feel like Kevin Durant is just one of those people who would just like because I I've seen it a couple times this season where he will get on the guys that you know like are just really just role players right right and you know they just help you know make the team and they come and get buckets at certain times. I feel like he gets on them, but like when it comes to someone like Harden or Kyrie, right. he's just not vocal. Right, and okay. as as a leader, you can't do that. You know what? I haven't really seen that, but I have to be on the lookout for it because you're right. Mm-hmm. You got to hold everyone accountable, including your friends, including yourself. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe that's a, a area of growth for him. Mm-hmm. So, it's February 6th today. Yeah. Typically, we begin about settled in to watch the All-Star game yeah. the following week, right? Because tomorrow's Super Bowl Sunday. Next week will be All-Star weekend, right? Mm-hmm. COVID said, nah. <laughs> nah, we shutting all that down. Yeah. So, initially, going into the season, the league said no All-Star game. Mm-hmm. Now they have just announced that on March 7th in the ATL, Shawty, there's going to be an all-star game, right? Yeah. First, De'Aaron Fox said it's dumb to play this game, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like people kind of dismiss De'Aaron Fox. They're like, you've never been an all-star before, so we're not listening to you, right? Mm-hmm. But then LeBron came out and said, this is dumb. Like, I have no motive. What, what did he say? He he said he has zero, I think it was zero energy or and zero excitement right to play to play in the game because yeah. obviously there's no fans and he was talking about uh in the article i read about having a break mm-hmm. so lebron he's in his 18th season he's been playing a lot of basketball 
mm-hmm. uh, with the short break and all that between championship and new season. He's like, I want a break. Yeah. If there ain't going to be no fans there, I need a break. Yeah. I, I fully respect that. Yeah. Then I saw this morning that Giannis came out and said, he basically kissed the ring. He said, we got to follow the big dog. Speaking about LeBron, mm. right? Yeah. So part of me as a fan wants to see an all-star game because it's just fun to see that collection of talent together. Yeah. But as a, just a fellow human being and a father and husband and all those things, which a lot of those guys are, I'm like, bro, I get it. You want to take a break. What do you think about this? I I am with LeBron. This not being biased, but it just be like really like wouldn't make a lot of sense to be like we're gonna have an All Star game in the middle of a pandemic, right? Which is something you really don't need to do, right? And especially because like people players now they like to just kind of play around All Star game, try like you know just throw these crazy passes, take these crazy shots. It almost be like if a bunch of like kid like kids like maybe like Myers got together and just like you know playing around right and like they were like we're gonna play like pickup and you know just start playing around right because there's gonna be no fans there like yeah. no one's watching you but the players on the floor yeah so I personally don't see why we'd have an all-star game right as a fan you might want to see that but just for the players and I can just if I'm putting myself in their shoes like it's just like it would be kind of boring for them yeah? Yeah. No, yeah. I, I agree 100%. Yeah, and then no crowd reaction. You usually get the crazy crowd reactions, and I feel like that is what really makes the All-Star game an All-Star game as well. So, yeah? Yeah. No, I mean, all great points. And it'll be interesting to see if Adam Silver amends this, even yeah. though I doubt he will, because even with without there being fans, mm-hmm. the All-Star game is going to get views which is yeah. going to garner money, right? Mm-hmm. And LeBron, even after he said, this is dumb, like, I don't want to do it, said, hey, it's in the collective bargaining agreement. If they say they do it and I get voted in, I'm going to show up, mm-hmm. right, in true professional form. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it'll, it'll be weird because there's, like, you turn into, tune into the All-Star game to see, like, the celebrities and stuff. Mm-hmm. And Atlanta is allowing some fans. LeBron actually got into it with the fan uh, when they played oh, the Hawks the other night, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, but we don't want to get that too much energy. So maybe some celebrities do show up, but overall, yeah, I just I think it's a bad look. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll see how that turns out. All right. So we're we're drawn to the end of our show, so mm-hmm. you know what time it is. <laughs> our world famous segment that everybody loves. Yeah or no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah or no. Nah, and this is gonna, we're gonna kind of amend this a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. The Knicks are kind of overachieving right now. Yeah. Right? They're currently in the A spot. Mm-hmm. Whereas Brooklyn is underachieving, they're in the third spot. Mm-hmm. So, yeah or no, Brooklyn will end up having a better season than the Knicks. And I'm not just talking about record wise, I'm saying as far as expectations. Yeah or no, Brooklyn ends up having a better season than the Knicks. Oh, so you you're going off just expectations, right? Right. Well, well, then it's got to be the Knicks. Cause okay. You you wouldn't expect. I don't think at any point in the season you would expect the Knicks to be AC, even if it's <laughs> right. you know the first five games. So you're saying no, nah, the Nets will not have a better season than the Knicks. Expectation wise, no. Right. But <laughs> if we're if we're talking about just a better season, accomplish more. Well, of course the Nets. Right. Wow, of course. Look, yeah. the Nets right now are only 14 and 10, and the Knicks are 10 and 13. So it's only three games back in the loss column. I know, but I. I <laughs> how, how would the Knicks just catch up to Brooklyn right. like that? <laughs> I get it. I get it. Yeah. So I'm actually going to say, yeah, and I get what you're saying because no one expected the Knicks to yeah. be in playoff contention right now. What I should say, no one. Most folks in the mainstream who enjoy NBA basketball, right? Yeah. I'm sure the guys in the Knicks locker room think thought that they would be in uh, playoff contention, right? Mm-hmm. But I got to think, and even though Julius Randle is balling, and I like Mitch Robinson a lot, mm-hmm. and I respect the job that Tom Thibodeau has done in there this season, mm-hmm. I got to think eventually the Knicks are going to nick. <laughs> right? <laughs> the Knicks are going to nick. They're going to do nick things, and they're not going to make the play. <laughs> Well, right? I, I think they're gonna fall out. I think 
that like maybe uh, the Hornets, who I like a lot with Lonzo Ball and Gordon Hayward. Lonzo? I, I think, I'm sorry, I always say Lonzo. LaMelo Ball, and you yeah. always check me too. LaMelo Ball and Gordon Hayward, um, I'm thinking that they'll they'll sneak in there and they'll, they'll knock the Knicks out, and Brooklyn will eventually get it together, like I said. What about Miami or Washington? Oh, man. <laughs> so, look, that that's a perfect segue. That's a perfect segue to my next yeah or no. Yeah or no, the Heat and the Mavericks will both miss this year's playoffs. And just for a little context for folks who don't know, the Heat are currently 8-14, and 14, and they're in the 13th spot. Now, they were missing Jimmy Butler for a while, but they just overall have not looked great, right? Mm-hmm. And like we said, Dallas is in the 14th spot, and they're 9-14. and 14. So, mm-hmm. yeah or nah, both of those teams missed the playoffs. Uh, I'm going to say yeah because of, okay. of how weird this season is. Okay. And I feel like it's going to be hard for teams that are already down just to kind of get back up and, and rise up to, you know, that eighth seed at least. So I, I'm going to say, yeah, they're both going to miss the playoffs this season. So e- even though it's the East for Miami and even though Dallas is bought behind teams that I feel like they're definitely better than, mm-hmm. I still think that with this being such a weird season I, season, I don't really see teams really coming back like that. Okay. And I'm actually going to say, nah, mm. and I'm going out on a limb here, but because of what Jimmy Butler showed me last year, and mm. that all caps D-A-W-G that he showed last year, yeah, I got to think that Jimmy Butler is going to push Miami into the playoffs. Mm. I do actually think that Dallas is going to miss the playoffs. Yeah, But I think Miami will find a way to squeak in there. They're not too many games back in the loss column mm-hmm. of the eighth seed. So, yeah, they're actually only one game back of New York in the loss column, right? So i got to think that Jimmy Buckets is going to, you know, sip his super espresso coffee and turn up and get Miami into the playoffs. Yeah, that is a good point you raised. They're, only, they're not that far behind. Well, so. yeah, about Jimmy Buckets in Miami, right? Yeah. Yeah, but with Dallas, they just... It's crazy because they they beat the Clippers by 50, and they've looked terrible ever since. Like, every time I watch them, they just don't look good. Their offense looks... I'm not going to go off on Dallas, but they haven't looked good. Can they turn it around? Of course. But they're going to have to do some things, I think, structurally, um, and just from a total approach on both sides of the ball, to to turn this around for real before it's too late because it's a shorter season, and Mm. we're already more than a quarter of the way through. Yeah. Okay. And then so last year or now, and this one actually kind of hurts me because I was right saying it. Look, he don't even know how much saying. He already shaking his head, right? I saw this coming into the season, starting off the season. I called this, and I and I, I as much as I like to be right, I hated to be right about this particular player. Mm-hmm. Yeah or no, the last seed in the East Pistons mm-hmm. trade Blake Griffin before the trade deadline. Trey Blake Griffin. That one's kind of random. It, it is a little bit random. But the reason why I'm throwing it out there is because I saw the first couple of games that he played. Mm-hmm. And I said, Blake Griffin is no no shade. He's a shell of himself. Yeah, He's lost all the athleticism, so many knee surgeries, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just crazy for, for me because I remember four or five years ago, Blake Griffin is like second in MVP voting. Behind LeBron, like, Oof. he's, yeah, he's, like, right there, you know? Yeah. He's averaging 25, 5. He's, like, him and LeBron, I think, were the only guys averaging, like, 25, 5, and 5 in the league, right? Mm-hmm. You know, hands down, best power forward in the league, all these type of things, right? The Kia commercials, dunk contests, mm-hmm. Jordan Brand, and then, like, now it's, like, man, he's, like, out in Detroit that doesn't mm-hmm. have a lot of nationally televised games. Mm-hmm. He can't jump like that anymore, and mm-hmm. he never, even though he's a... a underrated passer he never developed his jump shot to really really be able to shoot yeah and last night they lost i forget against who they lost to um but he like he's walking off he rips his jersey which i mean shows a tremendous amount of strength right because those nba jerseys are extra thick but he ripped his jersey and it's like obviously it's just not working for detroit because they're five and 17 so yeah or no somebody makes a trade for blake griffin or he asks 
for you know a buyout or something and he moves on? I'm gonna say nah, not in this season, but maybe sometime after the season, like maybe in the off season. But at the same time, Detroit doesn't really make too many big moves. Right. And I'm like, you know, oh, like wow, like that's 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 a pretty good pickup. Or like that that was smart to trade this person. Right. So and and plus like you said, I mean it's almost a sh- like it's almost a shell of himself. Like why would you want to get that player? Oh wow, maybe I shouldn't have said shell himself because you got me with that. That's a great point. Yeah. That's a great point. Jeez. Yeah. Oh my good. My bad, Blake Griffin. My bad. He used to be like one of my favorite players too, man. And that's totally just like. Of my own self-interest, because the fact I'm saying used to is kind of, like, selfish, to be honest. Yeah. So, yeah, hey, look, my son just shut it down. I was going to say, yeah, someone's going to trade for him. Maybe he can go to a team that needs a, a serviceable power forward. Yeah. But now that you said that, I'm I'm going to say nah as well. <laughs> I'm going to, and I hate to laugh, because it's like, man, you know, he had a really good career, but it's just... Once you lose that explosiveness and your game is predicated on explosiveness, yeah. it's really hard to come back from that. Yeah. Like it reminds me of, and this is a little before your time, like an Antonio McDice. Mm-hmm. He had knee surgery and then he just, I mean, he used to be viciously explosive mm-hmm. and he, he wasn't explosive anymore, but mm-hmm. he developed a killer mid-range jumper. Mm-hmm. I mean, like he was automatic from the mid-range and he went on to have a nice career you mm-hmm. know he wasn't dunking on people anymore yeah. but he had a nice career because his jumper was automatic from the mid-range yeah um so i would love to see blake griffin really get his jump shot to that point i'm not sure if it's if it's too late but yeah i'm, I'm gonna say no nah as well yeah. uh, i'll tell you what even though we didn't have anthony davis he he had a good game against the lakers and they won Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, that's yeah, a good point. It was his best game of the season. Yeah, though I I will say you know he knocked on a couple of three balls. Right, but he did. That's a good point. Yeah, it's just none of it was really like attacking the rim. It's just right. really like his jump shot was on point. Right, and it, you know that would happen once in you know one game of the season or maybe a couple. Right. Yeah. yeah. Hey, look, don't undercut the man. <laughs> don't yes. undercut. You brought up a good point, then you yeah. undercut the man, and I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I hope, hope that Blake Griffin is not a shell of himself and he can go on to have a, a you know, a few more years of still playing um, and maybe contend for a title. I don't know. But, yeah, when it comes to yeah or no, we're both no on that one. Yeah. and I, I think that the NBA is really, like, it, it's tough to say, but it's, like, kind of getting to a dark spot soon because, like, players are going to start to get older. Right. And then when someone like LeBron leaves. Oh, uh, listen. On that note, we just <laughs> going to go ahead and end it because I don't even want to think about what's, what's up next, to be honest. Yeah. So you want to go ahead and take us out? Uh, Okay. So then you guys listen to another episode of the Hoop Live with Sean Sean podcast, episode seven. It's a four, it's a first quarter league. Uh, make sure you go over to a podcast on any podcast platform and rate us. Five stars as always. And... Write us a comment, leave us any suggestions for the podcast, what ideas or topics you think we can do for future episodes, and let us know what you think about the podcast, whether it's good, whether we can do some things better. And we're on all podcast platforms, including Google Podcasts, Apple Play, Anchor, Spotify, and every other podcast platform you can think of. And from our family series, peace. Peace.